A lot of people criticized me when I made the decision to move from Qatar to Pakistan at this young age when I was earning a lot. Like, oh, you sh- what? Are you out of your mind? You're a young family. You should have gone to Canada. Get the passport. Go to Australia. Get the passport. The passport. The passport. The passport. And ha- and that didn't bother me that much because I have seen the cost of that passport in my life. This is Ballads of Others, stories of the permanently temporary. I, I didn't meet my grandparents, and this is similar to most overseas Pakistanis. Their grandparents are usually not with them. My nana, he he was alive until I was like, what, eight or nine, but he was in the U.S. And he wasn't there when I was born. My sister was born. His son was married, but he was just in the U.S. hoping to get the passport and I I often find myself pondering like at what cost it, it's making me cry right now it's like we as a society sometimes value this passport for too much there are too many people in my family who are doing it or have done it so for me, it was like, oh, do I choose my parents or do I choose the passport? I made the decision that was right for me and my family. And I don't regret it. Some people don't understand what this life is about, I'm sorry to say. Uh, I have the same uh, stories in my family. This is one of the wildest cases that I have experienced and it really baffles me. My uncle sold his mother's home to go to the UK. He converted from Islam to the Ahmadiyya or the Qadiani sect. Then he published the fake uh, news report on a newspaper saying that, okay, this Falafala has converted to Qadiani and his Wajibul Qatal. And then he used that fake clipping in the UK court to claim asylum that, okay, I, I'm a Qadiani now, so my life is under threat. So give me asylum. And he uses that clipping in the court and he succeeds. He got the asylum and he moved his whole family there. Now he has a passport. But what happened? At what cost? My grandfather got a house for his wife before passing so she could earn a rental income from it so she doesn't ever have to depend on anybody in her, you know, old age. My uncle sells that house, basically lying to his mother that, okay, uh, I'm moving to the UK. I can't take care of this house anymore. So I'm just going to sell it and buy two plots of land for you because the house needs maintenance and blah, blah, blah. He made up this whole story about it. And, you know, a mother would believe her son, wouldn't she? So she gives the authority to sell it on her behalf. He sells the house. He takes the money to the UK. That was the only asset she had. His mother is um, alone in uh, Pakistan. No one to look after her. She's suffering 
and she has no source of income, no, no asset, nothing. He sold his mother out for a passport. And even though he has the passport, he has no intentions of coming back to Pakistan and spending time with his mother. So he has no intentions of bringing his mother to the UK because now he has kids, now he has to provide for them. And I sometimes wonder if it's all worth it. Do his kids appreciate what sacrifices he has made for them to live a life in UK? Probably not. Uh, do I feel like he's going to suffer the same fate from his own kids? Probably yes. And then again, uh, his, his kids are probably going to say, what have you People go to extreme lengths in our society to get that passport, man. It's true. All my uncles, one of them is in Kazakhstan, one of, one of them is in UK that I just told you about, one of them is in the US. And if you do a deeper analysis, um, what you would see is there was this, just too much attention given to the fact okay it has to be abroad so i feel like it, it was ingrained in their mind from their childhood that they need to escape pakistan and when you have that frame of mind or that lens of looking at everything in pakistan you will probably hate everything about it If this was not Pakistan, I would have done this. It's very easy to shift the blame from ourselves to something else. It's very easy to blame the country for it. Maybe that's the reason all of my uncles ended up being abroad in one way or another. I was born in Islamabad, then went to school in Pakistan until grade four. We moved to the UAE when I was 10. I wasn't the most outperforming student in Pakistan. The Ratta system and everything. I was an average student. I never topped the school. I never topped the class. I, I never believed that I could ever be at the top of this class. I am very bad at memorizing things. In my grade one, I thought I had to memorize a poem or something for it. And I couldn't. And then the teacher threatened me that if I don't memorize this stuff, she would send me to another teacher who has scissors and she would cut my tongue. And being a child, I believed her. It was so traumatic that I still remember it to this day. That was the kind of school experience I had in Pakistan. So when I went to the UAE in grade four, I was in the Urdu class and we were like studying grade two Urdu in grade four. I was immediately at the top of the class and, and that was the first time I felt how it feels to be smart. It was the first day in school. There was a test uh, given that day and without even preparing for the test, I got full marks. And then the teacher called me and she congratulated me and she showed, oh, this is a great kid and this is how everybody should be. I 
immediately became the spotlight in my school in Pakistan we were like 45 50 people in a class and then when we moved to the UAE it was like 15 or 20 25 people max in in the class and i would be the nice guy i would be the outperforming student and that felt really nice for the first time ever i felt that i could actually i'm 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 actually smart when we moved from pakistan to uae there were four options for the school one was the pakistani government school the embassy school there was the indian embassy school there was uh, uh, two schools that were following the the british system so pakistani school was out of the question it was not the best quality the worst kids in the city used to go there the students who couldn't make it to any other school so my dad of ruled that out and then the second the cheaper option was the indian school run by indian embassy and i took a stand up i'm not going to an indian school in pakistan from our childhood we are like celebrating the pakistani army the parades on the 23rd of march so like i was a very i was a patriot shaheen wazail you know pakistan army and i was that kid when the just the thought of going to an indian school in the uae like i i took a stand and i like i'm not going to an indian school my teachers were all indian everything was indian it's just the curriculum was british one of the things i would credit uae and qatar for my upbringing is just to have an open mind to see humans instead of nationalities or passports some of my closest friends are bengali and indians all of my teachers who i owe the world to for where i am they're all indians everything i know today my my education foundations are taught by indian teachers and now i am here as a pakistani in pakistan trying to serve my own country i wanted to move back to pakistan the day i joined northwestern or the day i started making videos it's it was always in the plan my job everything that was leading up to it was to worst the eventual goal to move to pakistan i made a conscious effort of marrying somebody who was born and raised or brought up in pakistan because i thought it would be really cruel to expect somebody who was born or raised abroad to, to move back to pakistan if she doesn't want to the education i got was to move back to pakistan every decision i made was eventually so i can move back to pakistan it was my north star from the beginning it wasn't just an ordinary life that i was living in qatar alhamdulillah alhamdulillah and i'm very grateful for this i was living the the dream life that any pakistani migrant could dream of i was making a lot of money i could travel the world i could 
by almost anything most people desire. Best healthcare in the world, best education in the world. What else does a person want? Health, education, stable finances, luxurious life. Like these, this is the life I was living. I was around Sonam Kapoor, Johnny Depp, the United Nations General Secretary, when the UN General Assembly was happening, I was sitting in the same seat as you know the Prime Minister of Pakistan. I used to travel business class for work. I've met celebrities, prime ministers, and let's just leave it at that because uh, I've signed NDAs to not disclose much about this stuff. It just sounds like I'm trying to speak so highly of myself, or like I just it's just those things never really fascinated me. How do I say this without sounding like a douche? I felt suffocated in the Gulf. Suffocated by the material things around me, the fakeness, fakeness. It was so comfortable that it was discomforting to me. The happiness I'm getting here, just watching the birds nesting in my lawn, that happiness trumps everything I was able to get in Qatar. There was, there was no lacking in the quality of life we were living. But deep down, I had this desire to fix this identity crisis that I had being brought up abroad in the Gulf. And the problem with the Gulf kids is that we can never call these Gulf countries our home. We would never be the nationals of this country. There's always this sword hanging over our head that the next day or next week, we will lose our jobs or our visa won't get approved. We won't get the CID clearance and we have to move back. And just that, that thought of that happening like that, was uh, it was scary. You're not mentally ready for something like that. I just was so scared of being told to leave Qatar that I was like, I just don't want that time to come. I'm just going to make my own exit in a respectful way. It's hard enough to move to Pakistan. It's even harder when it's unexpected. and It comes out of the blue. Every time I think about the families who have been there for 20, 25 years, and they find out just overnight that they need to leave, I can get a little bit of sense of how traumatic that could have been for them. My parents were also in the Gulf for 16 years. I was there for 18 years. And like I've, I feel like to this day, my mother still hasn't recovered from that transition. Take a moment to think about all the families who had to leave Pakistan, have who had to leave for Pakistan in an instant when they were when their kids were in the middle of their school when their kids were about to just give their board exams right um, when they were just about to get that bonus or when they just took out that loan to buy that house in Pakistan and when that happens it's it's traumatic imagine I, I sometimes I try to put myself in their shoes if I had kids who were just about to give their exams or if I had taken out this huge loan and then you're expected to move to a country you have not been to in 25 years. That thought just scares me.
for those who have not been in gulf let me just paint you a picture like when you leave gulf and move back to pakistan you're leaving your childhood street right you're leaving the memories with it that come with it the the place you used to play cricket the place you first rode a bicycle the place you met your best friend the place you broke up or the place you had that breakdown or the place where you found out about your a level o level grades this is emotional stuff and for an emotional person like me who likes to hold on to these small little memories of uh, of my life when you leave gulf you're not just leaving a country you're leaving everything that comes with it you know how painful it is for me knowing i cannot take my wife to the uae whenever i want and show her my childhood school or to show her the street that i grew up in and knowing the fact that many of the people who were there with me in the school are now all over scattered all over the world in contrast to somebody who grows up in pakistan they have a school it has a history their teachers will be there for decades and decades my wife's school in karachi her kindergarten teacher is still teaching in that school so she can always go and meet you know her but for me when i go to my school every every other 5 years everything has changed the teachers have changed people have moved on it's a very fast moving world in the gulf for migrants right the roots are so shaky for us in the gulf people in pakistan i look at at them with awe when they have their childhood friends with them in pakistan and they have this network of people and these childhood friends come together and build something in pakistan you know this is a, this is a whole network there's a web of people that you know when i go back to my home city my childhood city is fujaira when i go there it's probably it has changed everything has changed it's just a dilemma like do i call it my home city or do i not try to explain this to people who have not been brought up in the gulf living behind my life in qatar was an emotional uh, journey which alhamdulillah i documented on my youtube channel and this is one of the reasons why i made my youtube channel even if zero people were watching me on youtube it's for me it's for me today maine ye decide kiya ki main apni is transition ko document karunga because that's what i can do as so we will take you along this journey today uh, our last 12 hours in qatar the bullet getting I just got a message from Qatar Airways that our flight is cancelled. So, it's now figure out where to spend one more night. From time and time again, we I found myself going back to those videos and trying to relive that. So, I don't know if you have ever seen how crowded the teddy bear in doha is i want you to see now how it looks like it's literally empty we have the teddy bear all to ourselves i never knew this day would come this is i booked a business class ticket 
using all the points I had. I just wanted to share some of the things that are going on in my head right now. I'm just starting to process what just happened. I'm going to Pakistan forever. There's always this thing in your head that vacation. You're going there for a month or two months. Or maybe I'm just like thinking about our apartment. It's done. There's no connection with Qatar anymore. That whole process really taught both of us about how we tend to give leverage to material things in life. People forget that we are here for a very limited amount of time in this world and we have to keep reminding ourselves that we're gonna die. This world is temporary. This is not gonna last forever. And you really get that sense in the Gulf. The whole Gulf experience is a simulation of dunya itself. This episode was produced by me, Salman Ahad Khan, with story editing by Mama Uthman and Hisham Ben Hashim. Original music and sound design by Salman Ahad Khan. A very special thanks to Sayyid Abais Ali for sharing his story with us. You can find him on YouTube at Sayyid Abais Ali. Thank you.